0: Hello and welcome back to Pop4 Podcast. A week look at all things Spurs and the time it takes it to walk seven sisters to White Hart Lane. Joining me today is my brother in arms. Uh, he's the Chiellini to my Benucci, the slabhead to my Stones, and dare I say it, the Yan to my Toby. R.I.P. It's Ash. How you doing, mate?
1: Very well, thanks. Enjoying my first week back out in freedom. How are you?
0: yeah something uh something similar just nice to be out and about a bit even if I got caught in that rainstorm uh, which was <laughs> not n- not the one about a third of my bike wheels covered in uh, uh yeah deep oh, in God. puddle it was not the one four by four screaming past, just what you like in London
1: Probably um, British summer is isn't it <laughs> <laughs> Br-
0: British, sun- British summer and London courtesy for you so it's, it's, it's a wonderful com- combination Unusually, usually it's uh, it's just the pair of us today our regular contributors uh Fenn and Jim are a bit of a yin yin and yang situation. Jim is free but hates talking about transfers. Fen loves discovering transfers but has no time. Um so so like herding cats, it's you and me for the day. But let's uh let's crack through because there's been some Tottenham news and it's a bit of an interesting one. But maybe first question for you, Ash. Um I know you're a you're a big fan of Palatici when he started coming through. Did you expect him to start having an impact this quickly?
1: Yeah, I mean all the reports when we were linked with him was it was due to start on was it the first of July or something, wasn't it? But he was already doing all the work in the background. And... <laughs> <laughs> no honeymoon period for this. Guy. Yeah, no, he's a, well, he's a workaholic according to all reports as well. So I do expect to work fast. But then when it took us, what was it, like seventy odd days to get a manager, it just mm. had that really lethargic start, and you just had this feeling that's just going to continue into the into the transfer window. I mean, we haven't got exactly the best reputation of getting deals done fast anyway, so. Mm. But, but he's i think he's been negotiating though, so many deals at once he um
0: he he spoke about how he likes to kind of keep multiple plates spinning and mm. i can't keep track of it i keep going <laughs> to freaking Fabrizio Romano's twitter page just to see what the latest is because he's got about six things going and then suddenly boom the man strikes um, yeah he's brilliant
1: yeah i like it that way he's the same with um obviously we just signed Brian Hill which is great news and that came out of absolutely nowhere which mm. is just great i don't know why it's just (laughs) rather than all this protracted nonsense especially when you uh when you take twitter reactions into it it's so Mm. frustrating just to see stuff drag out so when something just comes out of nowhere and when it's for one of the biggest prospects in in spain as well it's really exciting do you know much about brian uh
0: i know him because uh, i've played football manager a worrying amount
1: into the future and he
0: turns out to be reasonably good but I mean, to me, he just looks like the kind of guy who goes to indie rock concerts. Like, I swear I've seen him at the Cortinas before. Um, (laughs) So I I was just surprised because, yeah, out of nowhere. But what I know him for is mainly just that he's fast and he dribbles. Um, But you might have some more in-depth view on him than that.
1: Yeah, well, I've done a bit of research, best that I can. I can't confess to watching much of La Liga or, or, um, or, or Brian Hill over his career. But... Yeah, he does look interesting. A lot of people will be concerned by the fact that he looks weaker than the Sun headline. But actually, <laughs> actually, he's quite tenacious. He um he's he look at his stats for, for sort of tackles and winning the ball high up. And granted, mm. he was playing in a high pressing system, but the stats are still pretty impressive for a kid who's only just turned 20. And he's, yeah, he's a real throwback to, to wingers of old. So if we remember when Bale came through on the left hand side where he would just take on his man, get to the byline and uh, a whip across in or try and get an effort on it himself so it'd be interesting just to see what kind of service he can provide and I mean I'm not expecting him to start many games from the get-go he's still very very young and he still has a lot to learn but it's, it's definitely an exciting move
0: yeah definitely agree I think some speed and some incision are always welcome attributes in the player aren't they and particularly for Spurs we've probably been a bit guilty of labouring the point mm. a bit <laughs> over the last few years so having someone who's just going to pick up the ball and drive at the man is great and yeah he i know he's small and yeah a bit, bit looks lightweight and um, but i think he might be a bit of a Bernardo silver where he's kind of got a surprising yeah. amount of sort of shithousery um <laughs> dug in
1: but i would say it was a criticism that was levelled or not, maybe not criticism but it was a concern that was levelled at Modric when he first came to the club and that's why um, Redknapp seemed to just chuck him on the left rather than play him in the middle where he was strongest because he looked weak but it's not just about the physical strength in, in the league you can see some of the um, physically weaker players that are still very very effective in the league I mean we've spoken about Jorginho before mm. um, if you're smart enough to, um, to position yourself correctly and Certainly, as a centre mid, or, or if out wide, if you're good keeping the ball, you're going to win a lot of fouls anyway. So, um, either way, you're you're having progressive and a progressive impact on your team. Um, and he, I mean, he's been likened by quite a few people to to Jack Grealish. So, if he can have that sort of impact <laughs> for us, oh, it's just nice to have a a front a forward running player because I remember under Pochettino, there was a lot of talk about him wanting someone who can progress the ball forward out wide. And we ended up with Sissoko, so yeah. and someone with actual bit of promise is a, is a bit of a bit of a turn up.
0: Yeah, and I think it I think it suits the balance that we've got in the team as well, because we've got probably more wide forwards who cut in yeah. and you've got a you've got a good striker who's you know strong in the air. So having someone who actually wants to 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 hold that width, I think, particularly at breaking down weaker teams, um, yeah. I think you'll be invaluable but it's also, yeah, especially
1: if we have to play Davies at left back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he well, could we actually do have some width on that left-hand side.
0: I think that's the thing he'll be a great great option if you have got Davies who yeah as you say is a more limited defender shall we shall we put it politely. Um and even with Reggi on, you know, you, you know I've I've heard um sort of reviews saying that potentially he'll could play on the right and cut in. So we we don't really know at this point, but as you say oh. it's just nice to have uh, a talented left-footed player with a bit of spiky Sort of edge to him coming through, um because rather sadly that's what's going in the opposite direction. We said we said goodbye to, to Eric as part of the deal. How do you feel about that? It's quite a mixed reaction, I'd say from the fan base,
1: yeah, definitely. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it because I mean, if you don't feel something a personal attraction—not attraction—that was a really weird way to put it. <laughs> <Third time. laughs> yeah, if you if you don't feel um, a personal attachment to Lamella after what was it, six or seven years he spent with us, then I'm not sure why you're watching football because <laughs> if you, oh, well, I don't know why you're watching Spurs because we didn't win anything. So <laughs> <laughs> go and watch City or Barcelona. He he, yeah, he always gave absolutely everything and. I, I don't know. Uh, Spurs fans of old were never demanding. I don't know if it's a new age thing where because we had some, I don't know, a, almost like a mirage of success rather than actual success. Yeah. Um, we we sort of have that expectation. But yeah, it's, it, just, it didn't work out. Maybe, maybe because of injuries, maybe he just wasn't quite good enough. But to me, he will always be a cult hero for just the way he played in North London derbies. He hated yeah. Arsenal and Chelsea as much as I do. And for someone just coming from, like, he has no reason to love Tottenham like we do. He has mm. absolutely no reason to, but he, he left his body out there on the line every single game.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think he's he's one of those players who um, the head said, you know, we should we should sell at every mm. opportunity. But the heart says, oh, but there's something wonderful about this guy. And it's, <laughs> and it's not just the, the stories about him making... Santa Claus dress up in blue for his kids and that he apparently had the Spurs game on when his wife was giving birth and on an iPad so he could oh. keep up to the up, up to date with the game. It's that yeah, he played with such edge and tenacity, yeah. but he also did that while actually I think demonstrating a lot of technical quality. Mm-hmm. I think the great the great sadness is that he was neither neither really a 10 nor a, a winger. So he didn't really suit into modern football. Um, and I don't think I think yeah, his, with his injuries, he never got a clear enough run to to demonstrate what was probably an undue amount of pressure that we put on him. But as a you know, as a guy, you can see the outpouring from the squad. Um, he was clearly a popular figure there. He he turned up for us in big games, stepping on jack stepping on jack for uh, Wilshere. You know, um, lots of lots of naughty sort of you know yeah. dirty dirty stuff. And, and we shouldn't forget that you know we've heard a lot about how Tottenham have kind of set aside that. Soft tag in the last decade, and mm-hmm. at the same time, people then criticise him. And I think, well, actually, he brought a little bit of that Argentinian, you know, spike. And he's he leaves he leaves a, a sort of a weird figure because, as you say, he's not a legend. He hasn't won trophies to the club. He's not going to go down with some of the best all time stats like maybe a Kane will. But I think for for fans of our generation, um, I think we we will. Uh, always sort of raise a, a nice glass of Malbec to, yeah. to her and say, well, well done and, and, you know, good luck in the future.
1: As I can picture it now, just maybe in my seventies in an armchair, just telling my <laughs> grandkids about how Lamella used to do ball rollovers instead of just kicking the ball forwards.
0: And, and, and Let's not. And his rabonas. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, it's a weird thing where he will, we will all remember some of his goals and some of his shit housery and his unnecessary ball rolling. And, that's also kind of football is, you know, players aren't these perfect robots and Eric Lamella managed to make it to the top of the game, despite being about as far as you can possibly be from like an archetypal player. Like yeah. nobody has ever combined such an uh, some eclectic skill set um, as him. Um, but he's, he's gone. And I think it's a great move for him. I think it's a smart move for the club. He was on big wages and to get some value out of him with one year to go, um, which just kind of reduced that that fee for hill down a little bit i think you know that's well done by the club but we uh, we raise a glass to you uh, eric yeah. salute
1: absolutely it's one of those weird transfers that don't seem to happen where it's just in everybody's best interests yeah I'll, I'll miss i will miss lamella he had something that none of the other players did
0: i mean we're talking of characters and maybe he will be a character that the dressing room will will miss let's talk about our other confirmed signing pierre luigi golini from atalanta i hope i did that in a suitably italian accent for you very well um done. but yeah we, we brought him in on a on a loan to to buy deal and he seems really interesting quite a character released as his, his own rap single um when he was younger a um, bit of a party go jack Grealish in in the days at villa but we brought him in from atalanta where he was you know predominantly the first choice keeper for the for the last couple of years when they've done very well. So what can what can we expect from him?
1: Uh, he, he is a bit of a character, but he's he's a strange one. He's quite he's, he's really down to earth at the same time. So um, mm. you mentioned, obviously, he was partying with Jack Guglielsen, but he gives the same sort of vibes, where he's just a kid from the street who just wants to play and have, have a bit of fun. And you mentioned the rap record, but he the reason he did that was he did it for charity. So all the money he raised mm. for that, he used to build a pitch for his hometown club. So yeah. um, he wasn't. I don't think he genuinely thinks he's an amazing rapper. I think it was yeah. it was for a cause. He's had a strange one over the last couple of seasons. I think over over two seasons he's gone from having the best save percentage in Serie A to one of the worst. Um, it was I don't know. It was it was weird. He was Atalanta's number one keeper for, for quite a few years, and he is very highly rated in, in Italy, He's, his reactions are are excellent, so you'll see him making Lloris-esque saves from seemingly point-blank range, which you'd just think he wouldn't be able to get to. He, he definitely has that in his locker, but um, he also seems to fall foul to the um, Joe Hart long range shot, which you're wondering why did he dive so late, which is,
0: mm.
1: it's not as often a Joe Hart, don't get me wrong, there's just the odd example here and there where you'd think that's definitely a part he has to polish. He's he's good at his, with his feet, which is which is great. Helps us to move the ball further and beat a press on that occasion if if there's a good run. The the one thing that concerns me most about him coming into the league is that he's he's not particularly adept at coming to collect uh, the ball from set pieces. So mm. in the Premier League, that's something that the Hayes really struggled with in his first season. Uh, caught a couple of other goalkeepers out. So that's something he's going to have to learn. But he's still. 26 for a goalkeeper still relatively young and there's, there's a reason they rate him highly in Italy
0: yeah I think he sounds like a like a very smart signing to me and I think um one of the distinctive things about him from what I've heard is that for such a big guy he's very fast off his line and he's just a very fast player in general he was actually yeah. in he was an outfield centre-back uh, in 15 yeah. days so he's you know he's 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 no mug um and I think having that kind of speed probably means he's a very modern sweeper keeper because he's he is big and dominant in the air, even if he elects to punch a little more than yeah. perhaps some some people fancy. Um, but no, he seems like a really smart player. And, and again, for a relatively low fee, I think provided, I think he, he's alone unless we play him 20 times, which would be a yeah. fairly strong indication in one season that you, you like the guy. Yeah. Um, and and otherwise, you know, it's £12 million uh, buy. So I think uh, from a Perattici point of view, I'm I'm again very impressed. I think he's done great work. The one question which stands up to me is, why have we bought him when we have Lloris? Um, has that come, come up for you at all? Have
1: you you thought about that? We, number one, our backup goalkeeper is Joe Hart. <laughs> that gives me no confidence. So we definitely needed another goalkeeper. Yeah. Also, Lloris is, what, 34, 35 now, mm-hmm. and his contract is up at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So this is a perfect opportunity to bring someone like Orlini in have a season to have a look at him mm. um, if he impresses enough to play 20 games and he's already shown that he's he's better than Larissa anyway yeah um, if not then we can we can take a look at someone else it's it's the perfect opportunity to bring someone in it was a bit like when we brought Larissa in. we had Brad Fiedel and Larissa mm. had actually come in for for a fair few games and mm. this gives him a really good time to settle into the team settle into into the era because Larissa isn't going to stick around and I'd rather have someone there um, now rather than lose Lloris and then scramble for a goalkeeper with limited time and when clubs just put the prices through the roof because they know we're desperate
0: yeah absolutely and I think I, I mean I I love Lloris I think he's a brilliant captain and a, a very unusual player somebody speaks with a lot of authority but in a very calm way which is quite rare yeah. um, I think when the player gets down to one year left on his deal at that age I think he might well be thinking well he's got one last move in him you know, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere in Italy or maybe—I mean, I would have said PSG—but I think they've got nine first-team keepers, so I
1: think, <laughs> <laughs> I think one of them happens end. to be the best in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, yeah, I mean, this thing, right? We don't know with with Lurice exactly what what will happen. So maybe Greali is a kind of a smarter signing now because, as you say, we haven't waited for this great sort of problem yeah. to emerge. We're kind of putting the plaster over it as it comes through.
1: Yeah, we've mentioned it quite a few times talking about. Tottenham's failings in the transfer market a lot of it is due to the fact that quite often we're reactive rather than Mm. um, planning planning ahead in the same way we've obviously um, spoken about Leicester a lot and the way they do their transfer business and this is a lot like that it's planning ahead we know our first team uh, and our captain is going to be leaving so we need to bring in someone else who's not just going to to challenge them this season but can potentially take over for them and is a big enough character themselves as well to you can't really replace Laurice's, um leadership and his character in the dressing room because there's a reason why he was the captain of a team who won the World Cup. But Galini's is he's, he's someone who can settle in settle in and um, certainly help on that side of things as well.
0: Mm, I think Galini to Hugo might be the, the Patson Dakar to Jamie Vardy is what <laughs> is what we've hit on there. Yeah. Um, and I guess our, our final bit of confirmed business, you know, from from someone coming in who I've, I've got big hopes for. Um, someone leaving who I have masses of admiration for and a lot of sadness. Toby out of Ireland has signed uh, today to leave the club for £13 million, going to Qatar um, I'm sure to see out his contra- see out his professional sort of career in, in very nice circumstances at least financially. How do you feel about, about Toby going? It was a bit out of the blue, he only signed a new deal less than a year and a half ago
1: Yeah, yeah. similarly to, to the meta, it's one where the head says it makes perfect sense we I mean, we only signed him for about 12 million so <laughs> selling him six years later at 32 for 13 million is a great bit of business and he's obviously on massive wages so freeing that up as well as we could probably bring two players in on the wages he was on but yeah no he's he's left with so many great memories i mean the one that stands out for me is when we were in the champions league and he chased back Aubameyang back when Aubameyang paid for a big club in Dortmund. Um, <laughs> good dig, good dig. Yeah, he had to get it in there. Yeah, and he just, <laughs> I don't know where that pace came from, but then he, he got the ball from Aubameyang, then knocks it past another uh, pressing attacker, and then does the little Maradona turn past a third. And I, I think that, that epitomises him more than more than anything. I mean, we, we look back to great Tottenham defenders like Ledley King, but davara just had the new age class about him that we've not really seen at tottenham unfortunately unfortunately often enough and his partnership with yen will be probably one of the best the partnerships we're likely to see in in tottenham it is it's a shame i kind of feel like we let them down by not winning a winning the title even though obviously they were a big part of mm. the team but um yeah it's it's perfect it's perfect for everyone once again
0: yeah, I think I, I I would agree with you on all those things. I think the sad thing for me is just that he's he's been such a sort of I would refer to him as almost like Titanic. Um, I think his impact on the team he's been he's brought the perfect blend of a bit of brute force, a bit of the dark arts from Simeone, surprisingly mm. good passing ability. We should never forget how much of our, our build up play often relied on him being able to switch all the, the play and and all those pings to Son or or Deli Ali running off the front um and yeah you know I, mean, I think 236 appearances uh for Spurs and you know that's in six years that just shows how how much of his prime career is dedicated to us and you know yes you're right as with so many Spurs players we uh he might leave without a trophy but the reality is I think he's he's got a very special place with all of us and and at the club and I think that will always endure so I think it's a it's a sad moment, but again, as you say, it's smart work from from the, the director of football.
1: Yeah. Well, we we describe LaMella as a cult hero. Is mm. Toby a legend?
0: Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. See, for, for me, he would be a legend because I think he's probably the best Spurs defender I've seen. I know people love Ledley, and Ledley was yeah. a great defender. But for me, when I look at Toby, I just thought he had everything as a centre-half. I I I thought surprisingly quick across the ground strong in the air you know unit smashed through players when he needed to played around them when he needed to and also we should never forget you know he was always available you know he yeah. has played so many games and he's, he hasn't picked up injuries and he's you can just imagine the kind of character he was in the dressing room um so for me he fits into that that legendary bracket um but but maybe that's a little bit of a fact of have got a man crush on him playing work, so <laughs> who knows maybe that's the balance you know yeah, Arm, no. can't help it with arms like those
1: totally agree totally agree he's um yeah like I said he brought qualities to the back line that we haven't seen at Tottenham mm.
0: and I think the, the interesting thing for me and I think you know for, for us to, to kind of wrap up our little transfer um, sort of entree it's a weird one because we said at the start of the window that I think for all of us centre-back was the the big priority space right yeah. and we've essentially gone and sold our best centre-back which to me is a bit weird. It's, it's, it's an odd move, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know we're not going to go into all, every player that we uh, that we've seen linked with linked to Spurs in that position because, thanks to Piratici's, uh <laughs> approach of spinning plates, I think it would take us too long. But <laughs> what do you think it means for us the fact that we've sold our best centre back when we're looking for centre backs? What's what's the the game plan?
1: We're definitely looking to bring in more than one, I, I think, and. I'll be honest the only reason Adavarad's gone first is because an acceptable bid came in for him first mm. and had we had a decent offer for Dyer or Sanchez they would have been long gone mm. but that's that's the timing of it is I don't think it's anything more than that we, we're definitely looking to bring in somebody who replaces those those qualities you mentioned about being um great as a leader I mean perhaps that's something that Adavarad lacked us slightly but we're looking to bring in someone who's who's a leader who's um a real Rolls Royce of a centre-back who can transform us a bit like Van Dijk did at Liverpool. So I think it's more the quicker we get him out and and the get players that we're not planning on keeping, the quicker we free up their wages and we have that transfer money coming in and uh, and we can bring in other players. Obviously, we speaking of players coming in, With the player we've been linked with most is uh, Christian Romero at Atalanta. Have you, have you seen much of him? Obviously, he was playing in Argentina recently.
0: I have just because I, I had a bit of a thing in lockdown where I wanted, I was just like, right, I'm going to watch my favourite teams. And I I wanted to pick like two teams on the continent who I watched a lot of. Um, and I watched a lot of Leipzig and a lot of Atalanta because both are really interesting. And Romero is undeniably very good. Um, he's also a bit of a psychopath. He's <laughs> very aggressive, very much a front foot defender. Um, but no, he's got he's got all the... The attributes that I think you'd, you'd, you'd want in a modern centre-back you know he's uh, you know big guy strong and um, fast um, competent on the ball and Atalanta I think you're certainly asked to play uh, in a very progressive style so he, he's he's at times had to step out with the ball and demonstrate so no I think he seems great the only thing that, that makes me feel slightly queasy is the, the transfer fee size because I think it would put a lot of pressure on him to, to not just be you know, a good centre half, but to be, as you say, a, a Van Dyke or you know, a centre half is almost going to transform a team. What, what what have you seen of him? Do you think that's a fair fair view, or and do yeah. you do you worry about the fee?
1: The only reason I don't worry about the fee is because it's not my money, so <laughs> it's not I don't lose <laughs> well, out on it. I'm, I mean, it's I, Spence because
0: got a season <laughs> ticket, so it's Spence. Let's enjoy yeah.
1: that. The only thing, yeah, I do worry a little bit about the transfer fee. If I'm being completely honest, um, because centre back is a position we need more than one player in and after the effects to our finances that Covid has had and playing behind closed doors I struggle to see how we can spend was it 55 million euros on one centre-back and move for another I mean another one we've been linked with and it's come up quite a bit today actually is Milinkovic from Fiorentina who's probably closer to 15-20 million because he's got a year left so I'm personally like I I really want Romero and he's he's a classed centre-back and a bit of a throwback in many ways to to centre backs of old. Like you mentioned, he's a psychopath. He and <laughs> what one criticism we have of Sanchez is he goes in for everything all the time, but he misses it far too often and gets himself exposed. Whereas um Romero seems to have great football intelligence, either that or just insane physicality where he, he seems to get mm. more often than he more often than not. And the stats the stats are there to prove it. But I just hope that there's enough money left in the bank to bring in bring in another centre-back, whether that be Milinkovic or uh, another lad who's going to come in and mean that we don't have to play dire.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, amen to that. No, I think in terms of the fee, the one thing which sort of does make me feel calmer is I always remember Ferguson spoke about with players, you should think about the fee versus you know the amount of years service you'll get out of them. And that was always his justification for it. And with Romero, you know, he's 23, only just turned 23. So you're gonna get the best part of a decade out of him. So if you look at it that way, you know, would we worry about spending 30 million pounds on a 27-year-old? Probably not. So maybe this is just a thing that we need to recognize, you know, yeah. when you're buying a player of that level at that age. That's one factor. And the other thing is. I know Pratich. I saw him being quoted talking about how if you really know there's one player who's the right guy, don't you know? It's worth paying 10% more than you'd be happy with to get the right one, rather okay. than you know mess it up. And I think we've made mistakes before buying. I think we bought Nkudu and Clinton and G. Two, you know, within two years, both for about 10 to 15 million, and we could have spent the same amount as those two together on Zaha. Zaha yeah. would have been a you, know, you know a different caliber and would have been really effective for us. So maybe it's a case of rather than buying two centre backs who will probably end up at Everton or Palace, maybe buy one who's got the got the ability to go to you know a, a, a city at Chelsea United or or you think has that level. Um, yeah. But, another,
1: know, thing, another thing, another I'd say as well on the big price tag is if you look at the size of of the price tags on players moving in this window despite mm. the effects of COVID. And obviously you've got these smaller clubs and maybe smaller deals are going along at a bit of a cheaper rate, but mm. there's still massive deals going through like Sancho, which indicates to me that the inflation and transfers is still just going to keep going up. So if we mm. bring it in now for, um, for what is it, about 45 million quid, then in three, four, five years time, if, if, he, if someone wants to come in for him, then we'll, we can easily, I reckon we can easily make back double.
0: Yeah, I think... I completely agree, and I think ultimately, right, the best teams have have not been afraid to to pay the money to get the right guy, and that's a trend that we've seen in in football, um, recently. So maybe this is one where we've just got to have um a lot of faith in in Don Peratici. Um, <laughs> if he says it, we go for it. Like as you say, I also think there's there's potentially additional funds to come in, and I wonder if this is why the deal is sort of not not sort of uh, in a rush because. Mm. We've still got, as you say, uh, Eric Dyer, Sanchez. Um, you know, I can't see Ben Davies getting much game time this year with Sesanjian back, back as well as Reggion. You mm-hmm. still got Suzuka and Winks around. Um, yeah. So I think, I think there's, we we've done well in getting good fees for two players. I think that 45 million pounds looks quite different if you can get in 15 million pounds more and get two more players out the door. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a case of uh you know there's other deals which will impact this one.
1: Yeah, it's important to remember as well is that this isn't Football Manager. It's not FIFA. You don't just turn up no. with a suitcase of money and go there you go and then take the player home <laughs> with you. It's, it's very complicated deals and Tottenham and not just Tottenham. Every club in the world like structured the deals. No one's paying uh, insane <clears> fees up front anymore. But it's, it's staggered over the length of the contract of the player you're signing more often than not. So. There's a lot to to come uh, that comes into the negotiations. It's not just the the fee, it's the add-ons and it's, it's the length of time mm-hmm. and um, sell- on fees and all sorts that will come into it. So generally speaking, Baradich is, is he's brutal, uh, he's ruthless. If he wants to play, he'll go out and get him. and for him to have taken this much time still negotiating, uh, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if we come out with, without him or without yeah without someone of, of equal quality.
0: Mate, you've 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 built it up now. Fingers are very much crossed. <laughs> and I guess just before we before we sort of depart the train, um, coming up to the stadium. When we spoke at the start of uh, the summer, we sort of said, you know, centre back was the big one, and we covered this off. Centre mid, you know, Skip is clearly emerging into that team, so you can see Winks and Suzuka are very much going to be surface to requirements if we can find buyers. And in terms of striker, I think one of these with Hill coming in and Bergvine. Uh, perhaps is that between Son and Dane Scarlett I, I'm not sure we'll go out and loan a Carlos Vinicius again um, or an equivalent this year what would you give what would you give Pratici out of 10 for his efforts so far
1: There was obviously a lot of I, I happen to see a lot on Twitter from people saying well why are we getting healing when we obviously need a centre-back and why are we getting Golini when we need uh, a right back because like, well those two were very much opportunities that we had to take and you look at the, the deals to bring him in, having he um in on loan, and then being able to pick him up for 13 million is a fantastic deal in today's mm-hmm. market for a uh, Italian international goalkeeper. That's that is a fantastic piece of business. And the same with Hill, moving out Lamela on his massive wages and bringing on Hill, which will probably be on about a third of his wages, um is it's great business. And he's he's one of the most highly rated with with Pedri and with Ansu Fati. Um, in, in Spain he's one of their most highly rated youngsters so on on the in terms of the plays we've brought in and the the long-term vision that is emerging it's, it probably scores about a, a six so far what will push it up is bringing in a right back and bringing in a backup striker those are the two priorities for me because even if even if you mentioned having Son and Scarlett Maybe in the European games, I still want someone who's going to come in and really challenge to be a a proper number nine who in a, in a way that Son just can't yet who can't do that. It's not it's not really in his skill set. He wants to be running in behind. When I, mean, I, I want someone who can be a a real focal point. And also, if we have someone in who's young, like a Vlahovic, for example, w- when Kane does eventually move on, because let's be honest, he's not going to stay forever. We're not in that mad rush to try and pick up the best person, and then we have to spend a hundred million. On, on a single striker so I want us to be prepared in the same way as Decker is already coming in ready for, for when Vardy moves on so yeah I, I would give him a six at the moment because the vision's there and you can see with all the links coming out from reputable uh journalists and reporters that we're, we're making moves for serious players so yeah I don't know if you'd agree with that
0: no I think I think I would I think um he's on a six and it would be very easy to get to an eight if he can pull in to be honest i I, I completely hear you with the striker, but I think if he can bring in, you know, one really good centre back, and maybe yeah, and and actually, frankly, get out maybe two players who we need to get out of the way first. Yeah. I would bump him up. I think I think he's done a, a great job already because I think a lot of the right ingredients are there, and I think it's a case of being smart about this. And he certainly seems to have started started promisingly. So now, fingers crossed. Well, look, good good stuff, Ash. Thank you for, for taking the time. Appreciate this whistle-stop tour um, of, of the transfer market. and It's always nice to chat without the other cretins getting in the way, frankly. So <laughs> that's good. Thank you for your time today. And as always to everyone listening, if you like what you hear, please pass the pod. We love making it. Um, so recommend us to, to a mate, to your family, to colleagues, anyone who needs a bit of light-hearted uh, satire about their football club in this mad world. Also go give us a follow on Ball underscore pod on, on Twitter. Otherwise, have a lovely week everyone catch you soon and remember in, in Don Fabio Trust.